Can we thank our worship team for leading us in worship? Woo! That was awesome. You guys, I can tell already we are going to have a fun week. To hear you guys hooting and hollering during the opener, to hear you guys passionately worshiping there and hanging out. I am so excited that we get to be together this week. Are you excited to be at Hume Lake this week? That's so cool. Well, I want to get to know you, and there's like 500 of you, so I feel like the quickest way to get to know you all is I want you to shout your name as loud as you possibly can, and I'm going to process all of it, okay? So here we go. On the count of three, your name as loud as you can. One, two, three. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Well, hey, before, before we go very much farther, I, I, I want to introduce myself to you. My name is Eric, and I'm a student ministries pastor at a church in Pomona, California. Anybody know where it's Pomona at? Anybody? P-Town people? Okay, some of you, some of you know where Pomona is. And, uh, and I'm coming up to camp with my family, and I, I wanted to show you some photos so you guys could get to know me a little bit. And so the first photo I want to show you is this is me. Yeah, 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 that's me and my beautiful bride, Sarah, that's my wife, Sarah, uh, Sarah and I have been married uh, in, in a month, in a month, we'll celebrate 13 years of being married, which is awesome, yeah, yeah, and, uh, and, and let me just answer a question that every single one of you are thinking right now, when you look at the photo, every single one of you are thinking one question. Was he 12 years old when he married her, right? I saw that out there, I could see that, yeah. No, we were 14, and so we got married. Uh, I'm joking, I'm joking, we weren't 14. All right, well, after we got married, then I got another photo for you guys. This, now, I show you this photo. I show you this photo because I know something about some of you, okay? Some of you still rock the feety pajamas, okay? You're feety pajama people. And, and I just want you to know, grown, man, grown men can still wear feety pajamas. So that, that's our son, Charlie. That's our son, Charlie. He's grown a little bit since then. Let's go to another photo. I think we have one more photo. Or a few more. Oh, I love this one. I love this photo. This is of my daughter Brinley. This is my daughter Brinley. And I, I love this photo because Brinley has like a really deep faith. Like she's got a really deep faith. And I love this photo because I feel like she's doing one of two things. Like she's either just praising Jesus. You know what I mean? Like hands high, praising Jesus. Or, or she's going, it was me, I farted. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. But that's, that's brilliant. All right, let's go to the next photo. I think we may have another one. Oh, I love this one. Okay. So this was a few years ago when we tried to do a family photo. Our, our daughter on the right over there in the yellow, that's Lila when she was a lot younger and littler. And I love this photo of Lila because she is having a near-death experience. You know what I mean? Like she is literally thinking she's going to die. So she's terrified and, you know, great family photo. All right, let's go to the next photo. 
This is a more current photo of the three of them, plus the fourth, Levi, our newest. That's Levi. Uh, he is three, almost four. So we got Charlie, Brinley, Lila, and Levi. And let's go to the next photo. I think we have one of our crazy family. That's me, Sarah, and the kids. So you guys are going to see us around a lot this week, and we are so excited to hang out with you. But I want to be honest with you. We have a lot of ground to cover each evening that we'll be together. And I just can't tell you how excited I am about the theme, about the conversations we're going to have on stage, about the specific stories in the reliable historical account of who God is in the world called the Bible. But I'm really pumped for the conversations you guys are gonna have in your cabins because I deeply believe that this week could be a game-changing, could be a life-changing, could be an eternity-changing week for you. And I don't know why you came up to camp, but I do know that God brought you up to camp for a reason, that God wants to show up and he desires that this week would be life-changing. And so all I'm gonna ask, all I'm gonna ask is that all week, all week, I'm just gonna ask that you would have a posture of openness that when we gather in chapel, I want you to bring your Bibles. I want you to bring your journals. Look at this journal squad up here. I love it. I want you to bring your journals. I want you to take notes. I want you to process. Because if, 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 if God is real, and if, if, if Jesus is who he said he was and did what the historical account records that he did, then there is nothing Oh, there is nothing more important than this story. A number of years ago, we uh, had decided like once a year that we were going to clean the carpets all on the bottom floor. Like we, we didn't have enough money. We couldn't replace them. And so we would just decide once a year because we got a little bunch of toddlers running around and, and they like to like, cr you know, color on the carpet. And, and you know, they, they like to, you know, just treat it like it's a playground is how they treat our carpet. And so it's all messy. And so once a year, we're like, we're going to clean this carpet, especially before some people came over. And so uh, we had kind of scheduled this guy, Jared, to come to our house to, to clean our carpets, and, and we were going to go out for dinner, and then we we're going to come back, and the carpets were going to be clean. And I don't know about you, but I really like food. Anybody out there just like really like food? And I know you look at me, you look at me, and you're like, you look like four, and you like, yeah, yeah, I know, it's crazy. Doctor says it's a miracle. But anyways, um, I, I love to eat some good food. And so uh, I, my wife and I are talking, and, and a few hours before this guy's supposed to come, and I'm like, Sarah, I say we go to Shakey's Pizza tonight. Anybody know about Shakey's Pizza? Anybody ever been to Shakey's Pizza? It is amazing. It is amazing. It's got video games, got pizza, got all kinds of good stuff. And so we start thinking about what we're going to have and getting really excited. And so I said, Sarah, I'm going to be home at 530. The carpet cleaner guy, he's going to get there at 6. We'll go off. We'll have Shakey's Pizza. It'll be like heaven on earth. It'll be amazing. And then we're going to come back and the carpets will be clean. It'll be amazing. So I don't know if you're like me, but when I know I'm going to have a really great dinner, like I don't want to get super full because I want to be really excited to eat it. And so I had a really small lunch. I had a salad, which I, you know, have once a year. And so I had a salad for lunch and, and I'm getting excited for dinner. And six o'clock rolls around and Jared's not there. 
6.30 rolls around and Jared's not there. 7 o'clock, 7.30, it's 8 o'clock, two hours past when Jared's going to be there. He is not there. And then we hear this knock on the door, and it's Jared, and he greets us, and he's all skipper and happy and, and ready to clean. And I'm like, look, I'm a Christian until I'm hungry. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you're, if you're like me, but it's like, man, it's hard to be a Christian when you're also hungry. And so I, I was literally so frustrated. And I was trying to get out the door as quickly as we could, but my wife is such a better person than I am. And she starts talking with him and hearing about his story. And, and then she shares, you know, that, that, I'm a, that I'm a pastor. And I'm like, man, I can't tell him anything now. You know what I mean? Like now he knows I'm a pastor. And so we, we finally get out of the house. We go to Shakey's, we have a really great time. But before we left the house, we, we had put a check on the table. We had put a check on the table for like 100 bucks, $129, whatever it was. We go, we have shakies, we come home, and we walk in the door, and the carpets are amazing. It's incredible. And we walk over to the dining room table where the check was, and it's still sitting there. And he wrote, Jared left a note, and it said, it was really great to meet you guys. I felt really blessed. I'm also a Christian. And so I want you to take this money, and instead of paying me, I want you to go bless somebody. I want you to, you to give it to somebody in need. And so we kept that check. I'm just kidding. We didn't keep the check. That would be such a bad ending to the story. We didn't keep the check. But I remember thinking that I had pegged this guy as one way, as late, as disrespectful, and I was too busy because I was hungry, I was frustrated that I missed the miracle. I missed who this guy was really until much later. You see, I, I believe that Jesus is bigger and better than you and I could ever fully imagine. And this week, we're gonna ask some big questions about God. A few months ago, I was up here at Hume Lake, and I was speaking, and um, towards the end of the camp, this junior high girl came up to me, and her name was Alice. And Alice said, Eric, I have a question for you. And her youth pastors, her leaders had been telling me, Alice has the best questions. She has the best questions. And, and so they said, they said Alice, Alice, Alice said, I have a question for you. And I said, what is it? And Alice asked me the most difficult question I've ever been asked about the Bible in my life. And I really thought this little junior high student asked me this amazing question. And so I did what maybe some of you youth pastors and leaders do. I just said, wow, Alice, that's a great question, right? I said, that's a really great question. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't know how to answer this. I don't know what I'm going to say. And so I said, Alice, that's a great question. Um, amazing. And I said, I said, Alice, um, you know, you gotta keep asking questions because there's no such thing as a bad question. There's no such thing as a bad question. And then Alice looked at me and she said, um, Eric, isn't it a bad question to ask a woman how much she weighs? <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, Alice, there is one bad question and you found it. But when it comes to God, there are no bad questions. And so I want to open tonight with this question. Who is God? Who is 
God. Maybe you think you know him. Maybe other people in your life know him. But do you know who God is? I want you to open your Bibles and find me in the Gospel of John. It's the fourth book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's that fourth gospel. It's a historical, reliable account of the life of Jesus. I want you to find me in in the gospel of John, John chapter one. And if you're the note-taking type, which I hope all of you are doing this entire week, if you're the note-taking type, I want you to write down this at the very top. I'm gonna give you four truths, four truths, that make Jesus worth following. From John chapter one, four truths, four truths that make Jesus worth following. Big idea number one is this. Big idea number one, write this down. Jesus is God and created the world. Jesus is God and created the world. But before we get to John, hold that place, and I'm going to read this passage to you. In Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, before we learn about Jesus, before I I try to convince you or make you consider that Jesus is God, there's a bigger question that I imagine many of you are asking is, well, I'm not even sure that God exists. Why would I even believe in a God? My whole life has, my experiences have told me that God could not be real. Why even believe in a God in the very first book of the Bible, the beginning of the story of God, it begins this way. Genesis chapter one, beginning in verse one. In the beginning, you'll see it up on the screens too. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters and God said, let there be light and there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. The Bible is absolutely clear that none of us got here by accident, that nothing we see got here by accident. That God is the author of life, that God pre-existed all things. That no one, no thing created God, but from God, everything has been created. But because you're such smart students, I know that, you're such smart students, you're going, but Eric, why in the world would I even believe that there is a God? Chew on this for a second. Scientists, scientists have recently discovered something called the 122 constants. The 122 constants. And here's what they are. There are 122 different scientific realities, scientific laws that have been proven that illustrate the miraculous nature, the the statistically miraculous reality that planet Earth is even here. It's as if what scientists are discovering right now is what has been foretold thousands and thousands of years ago in God's story. I'll give you four of those 122 constants right now. The first one is this. Did you know that Earth's atmosphere is made up of 21% oxygen? And what scientists have discovered is this. This is crazy. 
if on planet Earth there was 22% oxygen or there was 20% oxygen, if it was just 1% difference, that immediately planet Earth would erupt in flames and none of us would be here. I mean, think about this. God has literally put the perfect amount of oxygen here on planet Earth so that you and I could be here in this room. In fact, I want all of you on the count of three to take a deep breath in with me. One, two, three. And then I want you to exhale. Do not miss this. Do not miss this. Do not miss this. What you just did what you just experienced and what you have experienced millions and millions of times over from the very beginning of your life is evidence of God's brilliance. It's as if God's fingerprints are all over planet Earth so that you and I wouldn't miss him. See, none of this is random. It's incredibly intentional. Second, one of the 122 constants is this, gravity. What, what is gravity, right? Gravity is the thing that like, helped you take a seat in your chair, right? Did you know this? If gravity on planet Earth was altered by point zero 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 one percent that's thirty seven zeros if gravity was altered by that much here on planet earth there would be no sun we couldn't survive here so this is crazy, this is crazy. I need, I need someone to help me real quick. What's your name right here in the front? Jacob. Jacob, Jacob, can you stand up with me real quick? Just stand up real quick. All right, Jacob, go ahead and just, just take a seat. Just take a seat. Go ahead and take a seat, okay? okay. Now, Jacob, 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 my dude, my dude, Jacob, Jacob, you just got a round of applause from like 500 people. That's pretty cool, right? Let me ask you this, Jacob. How many of them were applauding when you sat down the first time? How many? Like, like when you first came into chapel and you sat down, did anybody clap for you? What? Are you guys like mean? What's the deal? What's going on? Why didn't you clap? Because you and I sit down every single day. Because you and I lay down our beds. Because we never think about it. But here's what's insane. And I want, these kind of, I want these kind of concepts to start blowing your minds a little bit. The fact that you can take breath in and the fact that you stay grounded, the fact that you are able to sit down, that you will lie down in bed, the, the, the thing that keeps you to the ground is literally screaming out, there is a God. That you are not alone. That there is something more going on. Third one is this. Do you know that uh, Earth's axis tilts at 23 degrees? Have you guys seen this? Like, like Earth has like this swagger to it, right? Like it's got this like tilt, this like cool tilt to it, right? Do you know what scientists, scientists tell us that, that if it was altered, if it was 22 degrees, if it was 24 degrees, the temperatures on planet Earth would be so hot and so cold that none of us could survive. And so in Genesis chapter one, when it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
and he puts it in motion. He did so in order that we would not miss him. And the last one I want to share with you is this. The universe right now. The universe right now is expanding. It's one of the reasons we believe in a creator. Because the universe is expanding, so that means it had a starting point. But it's crazy how it's expanding because scientists are telling us that, that if the expansion of the universe is altered by one one millionth of the rate that it's expanding right now, the thing will collapse on itself. And yet the universe continues to expand at the perfect rate so that you and I could be at Hume Lake summer of 2022. Is... Is there a God? If you open your eyes, you can't miss him. But take that story and then check out what it says in John chapter one, beginning in verse one. In the beginning. Does that sound familiar? That sounds a little bit, it's got like a Genesis one ring to it, right? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. What is John, the author, the apostle, what is he writing here? What is he saying? He's saying, you know that ancient story about God creating out of absolutely nothing in the beginning, that story of God who is eternal and preexisted all things, that story of God who is holy and perfect and totally set apart, that story of God is the story of Jesus. See, John is trying to connect the dots for us here. He's saying Theo is not just another pup. Theo is actually God. Jesus is actually God. That Jesus, therefore, created absolutely everything. And so, friends, God has a name, and his name is Jesus. This is incredibly important to the gospel of John. From the very first sentence, he wants you to know I'm not just talking about a nice guy. I'm not just going to tell you a story about a prophet. I'm not just going to write details about somebody who could perform miracles and would ultimately die on the cross. But because this man claimed to be God, proved it by rising from the dead, we can actually believe that he is God. This is the truth of God. Big idea number two is this. Jesus gives us a new identity. Jesus gives us a new identity. Let's go back to Genesis a few verses later. Verse 26, Genesis chapter one, verse 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image. 
God does something he had not done up to this point. He had been creating planets and the sun and the moon and, and water and planet earth and, and animals and plants and all these incredible things. And then God did something so unique. He chose to make mankind, men and women, in his image in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. Every other religious system at the time that this ancient story was written would tell you that God or gods made people to manipulate them, to use them, to coerce them. But this story stands so far apart from the rest because in this story, it's about an all-powerful God who chooses to make people in his image. One of the things that Christians that followers of Jesus uphold very highly is that every single person has worth and value and it's not because of anything that that person can do or any skills that they have or any talents they possess or where they came from or what they could give us in return. As followers of Jesus, we believe every person has incredible worth and value because they're made in the image of God. This means it's true for you as well. That you, you, junior hires, that when you sometimes look in the mirror and, and you compare yourself or you look on Instagram, you start scrolling and you see what everyone else looks like with all those crazy filters. Like, you know, that's not their real face, but you're just still like, man, I want to look like that. And that, that, that hurt, that pain within you. You see, we, we as, as people who believe in God, who believe in Jesus we hold to this conviction that nobody should be bullied, that nobody should be harassed, that, that nobody should be mistreated. But, but it's not just because we want it to be true. It's because God, the creator of life, said it's true. Do you see the difference? In our culture right now, there's certain people whose lives are more valuable than others. And if you dig deep and say, why is it that you believe this and that? It usually comes back to, well, because it just feels right. But as Christians, we get to say that every single person's life matters so much, not because we feel it or we want it to be true, but because God said it's true. And that means that our best friend's life matters and our enemies' lives matter that those who can speak for themselves and those that can't, every life matters to God. And then check out what it says. Let's go back to our text in John chapter 1, verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, talking about Jesus, the word, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Oh, this is the great tragedy of the story of Jesus. Is it's like God in a bod in front of the whole world. 
and people don't recognize him. People miss it. And that would have been a great moment for Jesus to just go, are you kidding me? I created all of you. You don't recognize that? Peace, I'm out. But then look at what the story says happened next. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. He gave the right to become children of God. In the Bible, it's clear that every single person, whether they like God or not, whether they're your friend or your enemy, whether they do horrific things out in the world or they do incredible good, that every single person is made in God's image. But then Jesus gives us a new identity. It doesn't say, I'm not saying that we're not made in his image. We will always, every person forever is seen as an image bearer of God. But the new identity we, give, we are given by Jesus is we become his kids. We become children of God when we receive him. So every person on planet earth, whether you like Jesus or not, is made in God's image. But to be a part of God's family, to be in relationship with him, means that you become one of his kids. You know that every single one of us in this room are constantly asking three questions, and maybe we've never verbalized them, but I think this is going to connect some dots for you guys. Every one of us are asking three questions. The first one is this, who am I? The second one is this, where do I belong? And the third one is, what's my purpose? That every one of us are asking the question, who am I? And it's because God put this desire within us that he didn't put inside of anyone else because we're made in his image to, to, to be curious and drawn to answer the question, who am I? And, and for many of us, that question and us answering it in a really destructive way is what's led to a lot of brokenness in our life. That for some of us, we have done things with certain people that others know about, the rumors were spread, that we had to deal with it with our parents, that we're still kind of living in the cloud of some of that. And it's because we were looking for an identity. It's because we were looking for validation. It's because we were hoping someone would tell us that we were worth something. And that boy or that girl said, if you'll do this with me, I'll love you. I'll stay with you. You can be my boyfriend or my girlfriend. You see, we have spent so much time looking for worth and value and acceptance in all of the wrong places. And one of the reasons, one of the truths about Jesus that make him worth following is he can give you and I an, he can give you and I an identity that nothing else ever could. He can give us a gift that we couldn't earn on our own. A number of years ago, a friend of mine had her car stolen. And it was at church. That's like the worst. And she was bummed. But then she chose to just radically love God and, and just continue to follow him, even though this really hard thing happened. And she said, you know what? I just trust that God's taken care of me. 
they kept looking for the car and a few weeks went by and, and they finally found the car and it was completely totaled. And insurance wasn't going to give her any money and she was at a real low place. And right after she shared that news with me, this man came up to me after one of our church services. And he said, Eric, I know this sounds absolutely crazy, but I have a car and I feel like God's telling me I need to give it to somebody. Do you know anybody who needs a car? <laughs> and I was like, I do. I do. If it's a Lamborghini, I'll take it. Like I could take that. Just kidding, you guys. Didn't do that. Didn't do that. I said, yes, I know somebody who needs a car. And my friend got this incredible gift, one that she didn't earn, one that she didn't do anything to get or even deserve, and yet it was a gift. You see, the gift of Jesus is a brand new identity that you get to be one of his kids. Number three is this, that Jesus left heaven for you. The third truth that makes Jesus worth considering following is this, that Jesus left heaven for you. The story continues, John chapter 1, verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. By the way, do we have that ladder up here, Harrison? Do we have that ladder somewhere? Maybe it's coming somewhere. All right, let's keep going. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Can we pause there for a second? Anybody watching Obi-Wan Kenobi? Anybody in the Obi-Wan? Okay, all right. Are there any, are there any, hold on. Are there any Star Wars people? Any Star Wars people out there? Okay, all right. Can I be honest with you guys? Can I be honest with you? I'm kind of new to the club. I used to hate Star Wars. Okay, I know, I know. That's like unforgivable sin. I used to hate Star Wars. But you know what got me hooked? Has anybody been watching Mandalorian? Anybody been watching Mandalorian? That show changed it for me. When I saw Baby Yoda, when I saw Grogu, I was just hooked. And, and, and check it out. I, I love this line. Doesn't it feel like, like, doesn't it feel like, uh, um, what's his name? Yoda. Doesn't it feel like Yoda's like saying this? Like, listen, listen, Jesus, or, or John said, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me, has surpassed me because he was before me. Is that kind of confusing to anybody else? I'm like, what is he talking about there, right? Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given, and then it continues. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one, get this, this is mind-blowing, y'all. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God. So if anyone out there is claiming, now, I think Jesus was just a prophet. He was just a teacher. He was just a nice guy. No, he was God. He is God. And is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. Here's the reality. This is just, I, this never gets old. I hope this never gets old for you. Jesus left heaven with the Father to be on earth with you. What does that say? about how he feels about you. Jesus left heaven with the Father to be, to come to earth with you. 
Sometimes people ask the question, maybe you've asked it, what's the difference between like Christianity and every other religion? Like aren't all religions basically the same? No. And if you do a deep dive into that, you'll understand, oh my gosh, there are so many differences between all the religions. But there is one outstanding, unique difference between Christianity, the story of Jesus, the story that the Bible tells, the gospel. There is one unique thing about the story of Jesus and every other religion, and it's this. Every other religion says this. If you do some nice things, if you say the right prayers, if you go to the right places, maybe God will love you. That if you do X, Y, and Z, if you climb up the ladder, God will love you. That if you do enough works, God will love you. In fact, I was in Thailand a few years ago, and these people are incredible, the ones I interacted with, so hospitable, so kind. And a Christian there explained to me that, that because they believe in karma, they do, actually, they do these kind acts oftentimes because they're hoping to advance sort of their lot in life. Every single religion is about climbing a ladder and hopefully God will love you. But the gospel is totally different. Remember when it said that, that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us? It's this. The story of Jesus, the story of Christianity is this. God climbing down the ladder to be with you and to be with me. Because God knew we could never climb high enough. He's holy. He's perfect. He's the creator of the universe. He's infinite. We're finite. He's creator. We're created. God knew that we could never climb high enough, that we could never do enough to deal with our sins. And so God came down the ladder and made his dwelling among us. When you see a ladder and you think about it, I want you to picture, oh, that's the difference. Every other religion is about getting up to God. The story of Christianity is about God coming down to us. That's love. You see, God loves you so much that he will show up in a million different ways to tell you so. A number of years ago, there was a girl in our youth group who came for a little while and then never came back. And it was like weeks and months. And my friend Courtney and I, who we were leading the ministry at the time, we just started praying that this girl would come back to youth group. And we would text her. And she would leave us on red, right? Like left on red. She, she would ghost us, no response at all. And I was like, I don't think I smell bad. Like, what's the problem? Like, why can't you just respond to a text? We would text her and invite her and encourage her to come to youth group. No response at all. So we just started praying like crazy. Started praying and asking God to bring her back. One Wednesday night, this girl walked in the doors of our youth group. And I almost had a heart attack, right? I mean, you just thought Bieber himself was in the building. Like, I was, I was losing it. And, I, and I, I looked at her and I said, Oh my goodness, you're here. This is great. I'm so glad you're here. And she said this. It was so crazy. She said, yeah, I'm here because last night I had a dream. And in my dream, God literally said to me in my dream, go to youth group. I was like, God, could you do that for all the other kids who don't come? Like, what are you doing? 
She said, God literally spoke to her. I, I, I believe that God has been doing some crazy things in all of your lives to get you here. I believe that it's a miracle that every single one of you are here. That some dots are connecting for you already where you're realizing, oh, that wasn't an accident. Oh, that wasn't coincidence. Oh, that wasn't just happen chance. No, God is moving the thing, moving the pieces to bring you here. And it's because God knows, and this is the fourth reason, the fourth truth, to consider following Jesus with, Jesus knows that you have an enemy. That you have an enemy. And it's not your parents. <laughs> and it's not, I know, right? And it's not your siblings. And it's not your coaches. But in John chapter 10, verse 10, it says this. These are Jesus' words, and we'll close with this verse. The thief, and Jesus is talking about Satan. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come. But, but I came down the ladder. But I created the whole world so that you could see me. But I have shown up here, but I, I am speaking to you through my word now here at Hume Lake this summer. I have come that they, the junior high students of Hume Lake 2022, that they may have life and have it to the full. You see, Satan, Satan wants to steal your joy kill your faith and destroy your life. But Jesus, because he's God, because he's holy, because he's all powerful, because he created absolutely everything and because he is the very definition of truth, he showed up and he's here this week and he's back down the mountain when you go because he wants you to have life true full life we're going to talk a lot more about Jesus and we're going to talk a lot more about truth but tonight I want you to just sit with this reality that Jesus is God, he created the world. Jesus gives you and I a new identity. Jesus left heaven for us. And Jesus knows that there is an enemy and he wants us to have life. And so because of those truths about God, I'm gonna ask you this week to give him a shot and see what he has in store. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every single one of these students. Oh, I am so excited for the fun we're going to have, for the milkshakes we're going to drink, for the dozens of pizza slices we're going to have, for the, the crazy fun that's going to take place. But God, I know that you brought us up here this week to have an eternity changing encounter with you 
the God of truth. The God who is truth. And we know there's an enemy who's working to distract us, to throw us off, to make us think that camp is just about fun. We're going to have a lot of fun, and you're the author of fun. You love fun. But Satan wants us to think camp is just about fun. And, and yet I know that you are so much more powerful. Satan's got nothing on you. And so I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open the hearts of every single student here and that there would be decisions made this week in response to your truth that will echo for decades and decades and decades and all the way into eternity. Would you literally change the world as you change the hearts and lives of these students? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.